This episode of The Only Podcast About Movies was recorded a little differently. Instead of in a nice studio in my apartment, it's still being built, so we had to do it in a nice living room in my apartment. So if you hear any echoes, anomalies, Zoe crying in the background, just please let it slide and we would really appreciate it. So now, enjoy the show. is up internet no one's quick as gaston no one's slick as gaston no one's neck is incredibly thick as gaston my name is matthew kroll and a broken clock is right two times a day cogsworth but this is not one of those times i am shahir down wait this is got strange <laughs> you are uh just kidding i'm jess tucker oh thank god i thought I thought I, I had somehow become attracted to Shahir Dowd, and it was just very <laughs> strange. Uh, Jess, thank you so much for filling in today. It is my pleasure to be here. Uh, you are obviously filling in for one of the most anticipated films that Shahir didn't want to see, uh, Beauty and the Beast. Yes, I'm this, so excited to talk about it. This is the only podcast about said film. Yes, uh, Shahir couldn't make it. He had a work thing, so he tells me. That's what he says. Every time, Jess, I just we'll, don't know. We'll buy it this Yeah, time. I know. But uh, yeah, no, I'm so glad you could be here for this being the only podcast about the film Beauty and the Beast. That's right. It's the only one. It's the only one. <laughs> and not not the 1991 animated version, obviously. We have no. a new a new version in town. Yes. 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 Um, so yeah, uh, I guess really quick. Oh, so Jess, mm-hmm. you've now been upgraded. Yes. To official. I've been promoted. Co- you've been promoted to official <laughs> co-hosting uh, status. That uh-huh. that means that has some responsibilities that come with it. I have to work along with a hefty uh, pay increase. Oh great. Um, you know whatever. Uh, it's like three times zero instead of two times zero. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Jess, let, why don't you tell us a little bit about this podcast and where people can find it? You can find us on the internet at onlymoviepodcast.com. Yep, that is right. On that uh, on our website, actually, we just got back from our PAX panel, our third and final getting good at video game movies, where we fixed Hollywood for a third and final time. Uh, they actually had it, uh, they broadcasted it live on Twitch, and you can go and watch the VOD. It was really nice. They had like awesome. two cameras set up, and like mm-hmm. they shot audience members that were asking questions. It was very, very cool. So you can see that on our website. Very legit. Um, and on Twitter, at OnlyMoviePod. That is right. Um, and on Facebook, of course. Yes, of course. Shahir posts lovely little things even when he's not here. <laughs> um, and you can also email us at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com. That's right. Send those requests in. We are still doing a backlog. Sadly, we haven't been able to do sort of double duty lately uh, due to my move in the studio, obviously not being uh, put together yet. Yeah. But we're, we're going as fast as we can. And uh, oh, if people like us, Jess, mm-hmm. where wh- where could they show said affection? You can show said affection on iTunes, and the currency of affection is stars. That is true. Star ratings. <laughs> Please give us all the stars. All of the stars. Uh, yeah, we we don't accept anything else. Uh, admiration, love, you know, actually pure emotions. No, we just need stars. This is a purely Mario based economy, <laughs> and uh, we need we need them to further on. We do appreciate all the. Rev- that we've been getting so uh thank you very much yeah but yeah so jess okay we got by the way very good job you did it thank you you did it thank you up top boom all right 
It's so funny. We're like rapping right hard, now. Hard parts over. Hard parts <laughs> over. But like uh, listeners, if you could see it. So I'm in my uh, new apartment in the living room uh, on the nice couches. But we're both sort of like there's no like chairs with backs. So we're kind of like hunching forward and being like, I feel like we're on an after school special. <laughs> like, all right, listen up, kids. Beauty and the Beast. Uh, but <laughs> so it's just going to get it's going to be a little wacky. But um, yeah, so I guess we should just start with sort of a. Uh, you know, what uh what's your history with Beauty and the Beast like with as Ooh. as as a Disney property? I do actually have history with Beauty and the Beast. Okay. So, Beauty and the Beast, as I recall, is the very first movie I ever saw in the theater. Really? Yes. Holy shit. Yeah. There has to be a term for that. Um I, I will coin it by the end of the podcast, but yeah. there has to be a term for the first for, like I want it to be like yeah, I, I for whatever reason I was like, "Oh, it's your paper anniversary or like whatever." Something mm-hmm. along those lines. For it, that. Is, it is very because I I mean I was super young but yeah. like I remember I remember like going and it, actually we saw it I think I saw it multiple times in the theater really yeah okay and yeah. like how old well that was 91 yeah so I would have been six wow mm-hmm. and you actually I guess I remember movies back then I don't remember what my no mine, mine was E.T. mine was E.T. I do remember <laughs> that uh, so you, you've you've lived with this tale as old as time for a long ass time it is yeah yeah and do you know what's interesting is I was looking up the history of the tale as old as time. And it literally there's origins of the story going back 4,000 years. Yes. Yep. That's insane. Like when they say a tale as old as time, they mean it. Yeah. I wonder <laughs> if this is the, Oh, probably not. I guess Cinderella probably goes back. I was going to say, is this the oldest sort of like tale Disney took, but I'm, I'm guessing that a lot of them are probably a lot of them are really right. old. So the 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 story as told by the French novelist was written in 1740. Oh, my God. I did the math would make it 277 years old. Oh, my God. But it was actually inspired by another story called Cupid and Psyche, <laughs> which is like going back to like people like named like platonicus like wrote it like it was it's like pre-literature like type stuff <laughs> and it's all very interesting like allegorical things about like love and and soul and so i want to talk about that kind of stuff I'm, I'm stuck on i'm stuck on platonicus he's like the dude that like <laughs> never gets the girl and that's why he wrote yeah he maybe guessed on uh in this particular case just with bell was platonicus <laughs> But I digress. That's crazy. Yeah, it's so interesting. Like we talk about, I mean, obviously on this being the only podcast about movies, we mm-hmm. talk about film and sort of the stories that they tell every week. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there's the whole the tropes is only really like seven actual stories and like that whole thing. Da, da, da. I mean, every story for the most part, uh, obviously, with the exception of John Wick, chapter two, uh, <laughs> has been told before. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Uh and so it's just interesting to find all the I mean you come you come barreling into this non studio <laughs> with seven pages of notes. For those of you uh I think this is your fifth time on the show, sixth uh, time. Ooh, I think fifth. Could yeah, fifth or yeah. yeah. Fifth. Uh Jess comes prepared insanely mm. so. Uh this having I think you this is only the second most notes you've written, seven pages for a mm-hmm. film, Star Wars being the first. Yes. Yeah. Star Wars I wrote like over 10 you days. wrote a novel. You I basically you you rebooted the expanded Star Wars universe novelization after they mm-hmm. gutted it all when the when Force Awakens came out. <laughs> um, have you ever? A uh, side note: You've probably never read any of the Star Wars novels. So. I have not. Yeah, the, uh, the old ones are there's touch and go, and mm-hmm. they no, they're no longer canon. 
So like everything that we read, all the super nerds read now doesn't really oh. exist anymore, which is fine. They were getting a little cheese ball by uh-huh. the end. But I, I digress. <laughs> so you have a huge history with this film uh, or with the story anyway. Uh, Let's talk and- about you. Oh God! What's your history with this uh, film? Look, I I love Disney. I loved Disney when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I was more of an Aladdin, Lion King sort of. Oh, I guy. like those too. Yeah. Um, Beauty and the Beast was never sort of my go-to, and I don't know if that was sort of like cisgender roles or like mm-hmm. whatever the hell, like sort of how growing up, you know, blah blah blah. But um, I remember liking Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. Um, I also oddly only remember certain parts of it. Like, so going in, I probably hadn't, and I've probably watched the animated one maybe once in my adult life. Okay. Um, and that was like 10 years ago. Um, so, but I remember like, I didn't remember how Belle got to the beast castle. I always remember the first, the first song of Belle as she's walking through the town Then I remember, uh, their courtship and the dance. And then I remember, uh, the fight with Gaston. Yeah. And that's, that's it. And so I was like, and so I don't know, and you might, you might be a a better resource than Mm -hmm. I, but like any changes that they made specifically to sort of like how things happen. I was curious because like, I don't remember the, the connective tissue. Uh huh. (laughs) So we'll see. But, um, yeah, I saw the animated one when I was a kid. Uh, I always really liked the music. I feel like yeah. out of, I mean, Lion King had great music as well uh, and Aladdin too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one, this one felt distinctively more like a musical and not just a movie with music in it. Yes. Um, and I don't know why that is either. It could sort of be uh, sort of the subconscious of like Bell's very uncertain, like in one scene particular in this film, like very gone with the wind. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? we've had this conversation now a couple of times about like action in movies, driving story in this, the music, the, the little like breaks that they do right. actually push. They actually give you, or they fill in a lot of blanks with the story and they help push the story along. Yeah. So the story, the, the song that she, te- that she sings whenever the movie kicks off in um, the animated version and in this version, right. And to go back to your your uh, question before, like this is like pretty much identical to the animated version, with the exception of like a couple of little things that they added that I'll talk about later. Yeah, well, the thing is, this is the interesting part. So that this film is an hour. Sorry, it's two hours and nine minutes long. Mm-hmm. The animated one is one hour twenty four minutes long. Mm-hmm. So they added a bunch. Uh, or they extended uh-huh. uh, certain things. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I, thought, I guess overall, kind of getting into first impressions at this point, mm-hmm. uh, I liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, this was a film that wrote a weird line for me because I wasn't bored or looking at my watch. Mm-hmm. But I did, st- when I got out of the movie, I was like, that felt like two hours. Oh, I didn't okay. I didn't mi- I didn't get lost in it enough where like you get out and you're like, oh, my God, it's already whatever o'clock. Mm-hmm. But like I was like, yep, that this movie feels like its length. And I didn't dislike that. It was a weird knife's edge to ride because normally I either hate that or love like love mm-hmm. the time traveling aspect that a yeah. movie will put you through. Um, so, I, I mean, I liked it. Um, yeah, they certainly like were like milking moments. Yeah, for sure. Like there was like there was a couple of times where I was just like, you might be doing too much, but <laughs> <laughs> but but overall I liked it too. Um, it's yeah, it's they they added things, but they also like for the most part it 
it rode like right along with the the animated version, which obviously most people are watching this for nostalgia. So that sure. was pleasing. Well, speaking of nostalgia, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, uh, oh no, you know, I won't get into the stuff that I didn't like quite yet. I, okay. Let's let's because let's we'll stay hold positive. Off, hold off. Yeah, well, let's stay positive for a minute. Uh, okay. I again really liked the music. Emma Watson and Luke Evans, uh, obviously Bell and Gaston, mm-hmm. have some pipes when they're allowed yes. to go go nuts. Yes. Um, even uh, the guy who plays the Beast, Dan Stevens, who we don't really see much, obviously in in the Dan flesh. Dan Stevens, like if you're, uh, I was a Downton Abbey fan. Yes. From Downton Abbey. Yep. Yeah. He also, I believe, uh, plays Legion. In oh, does he? The uh, in the new. I want to make sure that's actually correct. So I haven't seen Legion yet because I'm a bad Marvel fan. Um, <laughs> I don't think that could ever be said about no? you. That you're a bad Marvel oh, fan. Well, <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah. Legion. Okay. He plays David, uh, David Holler in Legion. Okay, cool. Um, uh, haha, I was right. Uh, but uh, he was great too. Uh, he was great. Yeah. I also kind of enjoyed how he, he's not the biggest name person. And mm-hmm. I'm glad that for instance, they didn't, I didn't want like, the transformation in, in it to be like uh to Johnny Depp. Right. Let's never do that again. Uh <laughs> wow. I could just totally That was see a callback to Fantastic Beast. Uh, oh God. Um oh what I was gonna tell you earlier about so whenever the movie kicks off and she's doing the song about like there goes the baker with his bread like always. Mm-hmm. So this the scene, just to paint the picture for you, the scene for this is is obviously France um, and it's post-war. So yes. Gaston is a war hero. The reason that Gaston is a celebrity in town is because he was like a 16 year old, like war hero. Gotcha. Um, and Luke Evans did a little bit of like extra work for him too. He like um, wanted him to have a little bit more of a story. Like that he kind of is the way he is cause he's PTSD. Um, now I heard that explanation. Uh huh. I read that in, a, in an article or something. Uh-huh. Where in the movie did that actually present Intersect itself? Intersect with the story? But like I, like, I literally, I read that in a in a piece. Mm-hmm. Also walking home from the film in the streets, uh, there was a couple behind uh, me and my friend Katie, uh, and they were talking about it and he was explaining, or no, she, the, the, the girl was explaining to the guy like that arc of it. Mm-hmm. But where in the movie did that happen? You're okay. So the only real hints like that, that this is even like post-war or that he, he was like a captain in an army is yeah. LeFou like literally says, I, maybe it's LeFou. Like a couple of people call him captain, captain Gaston. Um, but so there's this, there's this idea of that. This town has sort of fallen into like, melancholy even though um everything's kind of bright and colorful and cheery and the little scene that we get and it's like this in the animated version too the little scene that we get before this the um we see bell is um the cautionary tale for the beast and how the beast became the beast Mm -hmm. okay so this is kind of a long walk but stay with me okay so in the opening little scene with the beast sure um, when the enchantress comes and, and spanks him for being an asshole. <laughs> Thank you. Spanks him for, <laughs> for being bad. Um, makes him a beast. And if you if you didn't listen really carefully, you would miss that she says that um, the village will forget. 
Right. So the, yeah, I remember that she not only did he tur- did did the enchantress turn uh the beast into a beast and all of his uh associates into his cutlery uh and furniture, <laughs> but uh not only that because you assume that these people like people that worked for him probably had lives back in the village that this castle was sort of lording over she would make sure that everyone in the village forgot uh all that they ever existed yeah yeah yes okay so um contrast go back to the village sure for the first song from bell so they all these people are like missing something like the basically like the like um like the the life has been has been sucked out of the village too, and they're all just sort of like going through the motions. Um, baker's bread, just like always, that sort baker's of baker's yeah. bread, just like always. It's like like clockwork. Yeah, eight o'clock on the dot. Windows fly open. People start singing the song. They say bonjour. They all give Bell shit for reading. Yeah, and so <laughs> and so we have like the first like little like sign of an awakening in Bell. So Bell is basically like if if life and love were to be metaphorically like fire and the fire was extinguished um, from the village, Belle would be the one little ember that was still burning buried under the soot that finally like pokes its way through. So Belle is like this like wonderful, like little like ball of light that comes flying down and they don't even actually recognize it because the love has been sucked out of their life. And so... (laughs) Stick with me. I said it was a long right, walk. I said here. it was a long I'm walk. I'm still here. I'm clinging on, <laughs> but I have some some things to say. <laughs> um, so Bell is like fire, like like three like flame emojis, <laughs> fire. <laughs> like you've got this girl, and also like dancing twins, fire. <laughs> <laughs> dancing twins. Unicorn emoji. Unicorn emoji. Hold nine. Okay. And so what do you do whenever you're a 16 year old girl that's full of life that like just wants to read, but your library only has five books and like your, your heart is full. You run to like the top of a hill and twirl around and sing a song about like wanting to have an adventure. Oh, I was going to say you start dating a bad boy. No, but she doesn't. Okay. I know. I know. (laughs) Hollywood's taught me something very different. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So this is what's really interesting about this story. Okay. Is this is um, sort of like a metaphor for this. This movie could be renamed the the sacred slash divine feminine and the profane masculine. If you think of. I mean, it's not as catchy. It's not <laughs> as beauty and the beast. But yes, you're not wrong. <laughs> OK, so Bell represents. A lot of things. Bell represents. Go on. <laughs> You're looking- I love it. You're breaking this down. You're breaking this down so like <laughs> intently. Where I'm just like I'm trying to keep track of all of the things that I'm <laughs> saying. But keep going. Keep going. Okay. 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 Um, okay. So <laughs> the d- divine feminine. The d- the but there basically there are in the world. There are um, and there's a lot of different like religions and traditions that that have different language for these things. Um, You've probably heard of like yin and yang. Yes. So it's the same thing as like masculine versus feminine. Um, So Belle is um, functioning in her what is called like the 
the divine feminine. There's a line from um, when Gaston is like pursuing her that LeFou, his little like um, sidekick. Played by uh, good old Josh Gad, who kills it. So kills it. Um, Gaston says to him, he's like, he's like, why is Belle like the only girl in town that like doesn't make a fool of herself to gain my favor? And LeFou's like, dignity? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so that, <laughs> that was like, a great moment. That sums it up. divine feminine is dignity she has boundaries she's fearless she is relaxed but at the same time like she is is just a very young woman who doesn't know like she like thinks that she knows a lot because she reads all five books that are in her library um and has like sort of like that young arrogance right but like she doesn't know yet things are about to get real (laughs) so Gaston and also early stages of the beast represent um, uh, sort of what's the, so the, there's the two forms of the um, masculine energy, right. Right? like the profane masculine that um, is sort of like, is very like um, all about like redemptive violence and, and Gaston's like a war hero. And so he's all about like, I'm going to cut you down before you cut me down and that kind of thing. Side note, redemptive violence sounds like the most metal band name I've ever heard. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> um, and then there's the, uh, sort of the, the, the divine, uh, masculine that we'll get into later, which sort of like creates, um, very like safe boundaries and, and sort of like allows like the feminine to like sort of like sure. dance with them. Like locking someone in a castle. Yes. <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> I just immediately went with it. You were like, like uh-huh, yes, uh-huh. of course. Of course. I'll argue with you later. Okay. <laughs> um, so if you think of so that's so okay okay so there's many layers here so there's the title beauty and and the beast right that sort of also represents these two energies that are are happening and functioning and Mm -hmm. sort of oscillating in the movie um and then there's also do you want to ask me questions now I mean, well, I, I was, <laughs> you've been like waiting to say stuff and I've been talking for 10 no, minutes. No, no, no. Okay. Well, let's, let's, let's deconstruct what you've done, what you've said so far. Um, let's go back. I want to go all the way back to Please. Gaston as a war hero. Okay. And Gaston with PTSD. Okay. I like that they made him a war hero and they call him captain and blah, 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 blah. blah. Mm-hmm. I don't particularly like, uh, and I don't, I don't think they actually do this overtly in the film. I bet you like there was a think piece or maybe uh, maybe even uh, Luke Evans sort of like used this sort of in a behind the scenes sort of character mm-hmm. motivation thing for mm-hmm. him. Like maybe Luke, Luke Evans didn't want him to be a pure dick. So yes. he's like, you know, but I also don't like the idea that like because Gaston as a character is just a pure asshole like he yes. he is even in this new movie he is I don't like the idea that like the reason he's an asshole is because he has post-traumatic stress disorder like that to me like you I don't could, I don't like that. that alone and just let him be like a narcissist yeah he could be a complete narcissist it doesn't need to be uh I, I think it, in a way and I don't think the movie does this but if but if it did it and it did it more overtly, like I think that'd be kind of insulting to those with post-traumatic stress disorder. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, it's just uh, so I, I I like that they fleshed him out a little bit, and maybe it makes more sense like that everyone loves him because he was a military hero. Yes, that's why uh, he's like town. a celebrity. Yeah, uh, so I like that. Uh, just not with that little tinge of it. Then moving on to uh, sort of what you were saying about, um. 
Well, it's it's really the first moment about the the town sort of having lost something, yes. and 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 whatnot. I didn't get that from the the um the animated movie, but again, I was younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that idea, and I think that's very true. I mean, th- she's walking through during that first number, and she runs into who you find out later is Mister Potts, but this guy uh, who feels like he forgot something, but he forgot what he forgot, and that was a that was actually a moment that she used to talk to the baker in the animated one, uh-huh. and the baker. Uh, would like she, he she was telling him about the book in like a refrain from the song and he eventually like he's like oh whatever it sounds boring he's like he starts talking to somebody else mm-hmm. so in the I, in the animated version of this uh I don't think you get that vibe from it but I could totally see like getting that vibe of like this town is now stuck and that not only makes it Bell is stuck but it makes it like everyone in this town is kind of stuck because they're literally in a state of amnesia yes and uh that so I really I really liked that um but going off into or do you're pointing at me do you have a okay Yes. Go, so, go, so, the, go. so another another metaphor, because there's many, many, many like sort of like metaphors going on here, is that the beast is also another way to describe the the grind of life that's just sort of consistent and ongoing, um, without without like any, um, it's missing the beauty, and the things that make you stop and pause and enjoy life are, are beauty and love, and that's sort of what's missing. And so there's again like this contrast. Uh, that the the, the 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 title keeps reiterating on like many sure. many levels like throughout the story. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. Um, but uh, now going on to the the divinely feminine sort of Belle is a uh, I mean basically a young girl. This is this is something that uh watching this th- th- really kind of irked me. And you could tell me if it's if this is a me problem or a societal problem or neither. Okay. Uh. So animated Beauty and the Beast, the whole first song, Belle's song, uh, is she's going through town talking about how much she loves reading. She's so excited about these books she's reading and she's learning and she's like wants adventure and blah, blah, blah. And then everyone in the town in this song just shits on her, mm-hmm. even though everyone she has like a f- actual interaction with, like kind of mm-hmm. likes her. So I've never particularly liked. And oh, by the way, she's the most beautiful girl in the town. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot going on here. You have a lot of like, uh, there's a lot to that character. What I don't like in today's day and age, and I think it actually functions better as an animation as opposed to when I saw it live action is I personally didn't like a bunch of people jumping around town singing about how odd and weird Belle is because she literally all we know about her so far, if we were going to this cold, was she likes reading books. Yeah. And I was like. That to me, and I get it's a period piece. I get that like uh, that wasn't the norm back mm-hmm. then. Uh, and they even have an additional scene of uh, Belle teaching another young girl to read. Yes. Uh, which was a great addition, which was not, I don't believe, in yeah. the animated one. So, but it just it felt weird to me. Yeah. Live that, action. That's because that's because these they're the they're the walking dead. They're the zombie people that are going through the slug of life. They they don't. They don't understand what life is about. You're never supposed to. They, they aren't relevant voices speaking to her. And she somehow some way manages to be like her own freaking catcher in the rye to like protect her own innocence and like doesn't let anyone interrupt like what like the fact that she is the only person with like other than like maybe her father with like actual still like a little bit of spirit. Sure. So she yeah. So she's the walking contrast. She is beauty in the beast. As you see her moving through 
the if you think of like these villagers as sort of just like the zombie people that don't really know, like know what life is about anymore she's this one person that is like i i have a little bit of life in me and she kind of dances through town okay all right so, no i can see that uh <laughs> that's I just, how she's like oriented sure i uh i kind of wish and I, again this is something because all the stuff you're finding you're saying i'm finding far more interesting than some of the stuff that was presented in the film and i but don't get me wrong mm-hmm. i I understand why this movie exists Mm -hmm. and that is it's a kid's movie that adults should be able to like and like they hid some like little teeny snippets of other things in there which will the ones Mm -hmm. we've talked about plus a couple others that we'll talk about later uh, just to keep the conversation sort of going and while maybe the origin Mm -hmm. of this story uh, is very much rooted in all of the things that you've said and even i bet you the director might have uh this was directed by uh bill condon, bill condon by the way who did the last twilight movies and then also dream girls right so, right yeah uh the i i could see him sort of like having a lot of that in mind and letting that while he crafted this film you know maybe uh, soften some of the edges that might seem too sharp when this is now brought from animation to live action. Uh, but I don't think it was in this particular movie a driving enough force. Uh, I, because I feel like the, the the stuff you're describing, if it was more overt, if it was more sort of like, this is really what we're trying to say mm-hmm. uh, in this particular version of the story, I would have I would have like chomped at the bit at that much harder than I did. Uh, I am also... I'm also like a feelings person. And so it's like, wait, am I not a feelings person? I'm not saying you're not a feelings person, but for me, Oh my God, guys, she's Shahir. She's actually Shahir. (laughs) I didn't think this could happen. I need help. Someone send help. I suddenly am seven feet tall. Yeah. yeah. Because if you don't know, because you wouldn't, because this is radio. That's true. <laughs> Shahir. is a tall. I'm five foot nothing, yeah. and Shahir is actually seven feet tall. <laughs> but I bet you you'd still win in a fight. Maybe. No, no, maybe. But side note, you should have seen the confident hand back lean that Jess just did <laughs> when she just turned her head and snapped to me and just said, maybe. Like, it was so, your demeanor twisted. <laughs> Now I'm okay, guys, if you know where I live, come and get me. I need help. Okay. Well, (laughs) my sweet spot is like connecting. So there's all like all these little things like as I'm watching the movie that like I, you know, whenever I was a kid, like watching it, like I knew that I liked it. I knew that I liked it. Um, But now as like an adult, I'm just like, it was just like these little booms going off. And I was just like, wow, wow, wow. There's like so much. I like my stream of thoughts that I wrote like after the movie. Um, was was like the first three pages of my notes. And I think that it's funny because this is a fairy tale. And I think that people, whenever they say fairy tale, say it very like kind of derisively with like a smirk. Like be- superhero movie? Yeah. Yeah. All right, we're back. We're on the same team again. <laughs> now we're back on the same team. Um, The reason is that there's sort of like contempt that's held for a movie that's packaged as a as child's play within two hours that is actually more narratively and allegorically complex than any adult could really unpack in a single conversation and so you have like kids like it opens up like all these questions like of a fairy tale and like someone will like an adult will just dismiss it as like oh it's just a fairy tale because there's actually so much to unpack there that i i can't like actually get into it with you right now i'm gonna go even pure meta so what if the movie is now bell who's 
this little fire ember thing <laughs> and the world we're living in is actually the walking dead and Carl and Rick are going to come and save us all. But before that, we have to uh, th- this might spark a little bit of something else in a child who likes it like you did yeah. when they were younger yeah. and will eventually be able to unpack it more as they get older. It's a full circle, full circle. meta narrative. What up, Carl? Stay back with the others. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I think also too that something that happens whenever people watch fairy tales is like you I watch this like I can't even tell you how many times I watched this as a kid. Okay. You have an experience and you a couple of things happen. You either like want to like keep having that experience and whenever it's a movie or it's a book, you rewatch it or you reread it. Sure. Um, and then there's some people where they have an experience and instead of wanting to reconnect with the experience over and over again, it only magnifies the gap in between them, uh, that experience in their life. They walk away from it and they're just like, well, that's just the movies. And now I have to go do eight loads of laundry. So cool. <laughs> eight so, loads of laundry. I mean, it's a lot of laundry. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about me. Oh, okay. you don't have to feel sad. Okay. I'm fine. Okay. No, it's fine. <laughs> like Some people could. And so I think what happens a lot of times too is like, uh, sometimes, sometimes things like this make people feel depressed. Um, sometimes be- because you have an experience that you think that you can't achieve, achieve because there's all these really cool, there's so many like very interesting statements about like love. Um, and right. I mean, this is a fairy tale version of love a hundred percent. But there's good, but there's actual like real lessons in that. And, and, and I'm, I mean, this is a movie spoilers. So, oh yeah, we can get to spoilers now. We've been talking for 30 ish minutes. We can go into spoilers. So yeah, if you haven't seen Beauty and the Beast in the last, whatever many 4,000 years, this story has been around. Uh, we might ruin some things for you. Yeah, here we go. Okay. So f- one example is that he he um he is willing to die for her whenever she like runs away and wolves attack her. Sure. Okay. So yes, very heroic. People would watch that and be like so great that that guy would like almost die for that girl. But the truth the the, the truth in this little moment here is and I'm it's like realness. Okay. Is that yes like some there are people out there that would die for you, but in order for you to be in order and you have to be a woman that is worth dying for to have a man want to die for you. And she actually like holds up that bar. And so like okay. you, you can say that it's a fairy tale and you can say um that that maybe that would never happen. But, I got you. But there is like some realness in there. And then I think for some people that might be a little bit too real because that's actually like a very high standard to actually have to hold yourself up. Of to. course. I think also, I mean, I, I'll, I'll equate this back to <laughs> equate this back to superheroes. But we were talking about on the Logan podcast, mm-hmm. how um, I was saying superhero movies are a derogatory term, kind of like you were saying that fairy tales are people just like, oh, like it's just whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's because. Uh, and I said it there, like the, the film, the, these are now genres, yeah. right? Like it's, there's Westerns, there's fairy tales, there's superhero movies and superhero movies. I feel like is the sort of the newest one that I would now call a genre. Uh, so obviously there's good and bad ones. There's ones yeah. that enforce the stereotypes and there's ones that buck them. Um, and something that I do, especially after talking with you about this, just in this short amount of time, 
like, yeah, at first I was like, oh, this is just sort of like fairy tale love and blah, blah, blah. But you are very true in the fact that like having, you know, it's one thing to go die for a person. It's another thing to have that person or that character be worth dying for. If you look at other fairy tale movies where like uh, Sleeping Beauty, where literally the dude is just going to like save her and like fight and try to wake her up because she's pretty and trapped in a, in a thing. Yes. OK, so this. It's same thing like Cinderella like there's a lot of these sort of like princess quote stories a lot of times they're they might be strong in certain aspects but Belle does seem like she embodies a, the most complete person out of Disney I'm just gonna go Disney princesses mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you agree with that she okay. this story is different and unique and special in the way that you could argue that it's equally about him too. Sure. It is not as one-sided. Right. It's a little bit more of a whole story. Mm-hmm. And what's also good about this story too, and especially, um, you know, that I had something like this to look at whenever I was a kid was that you have a female character that is going on the hero's journey and going back to our masculine and feminine energy lesson earlier, like, right. Sometimes masculine masculine doesn't always mean male and feminine doesn't always mean female. Sure. She goes on the masculine or the the hero's journey in which she goes out into the world and and um goes through like this period of disorientation and growth. She has a couple of songs where she literally sings, I've lost my innocence. I don't know what I used to know. And that's actually whenever her life like really kind of picks up and starts getting interesting Right, is whenever she, he saves her life and she's just like, Oh shoot. Like, I don't know what I thought that I knew. Um, and, and so she, and we'll come back to like how she comes full circle, but going back to him, he actually goes on the heroine's journey, which you and I have talked about a little bit about this in person. The heroine's journey is different from the hero's journey in which that it is a deep down into your own soul journey. Right. He has to go inside of himself and have transformation to come out and reemerge as a, as a different person. And they both get at the same complimentary time, the, the full, um, the, the the they both get the full journey and and they're up in the opposite sort of like right. functioning i got you so energies. going back to your yin and yang uh yeah scenario this movie is just one big yin and yang uh here's and i again i'm not disagreeing with you on any particular point i think all of this is correct for the underlying story and i think if i do want to say this i think this version of the film a, do the fact it's live action. B, I think there are little nods to these themes that you're mentioning that the director puts in throughout. I 100% do. Um, I, again, kind of would have liked to see more. Like, for instance, there's the argument, like, because people, and I don't agree with this. I'm sort of saying this is sort of like a counterfoil to see sort of what other uh, fun, intelligent things you can sort of counterbalance it with your giant uh, book of uh, of. <laughs> of information so like there's the whole thing about okay i'm gonna i'm gonna be the contrarian here and not necessarily that i believe this mm-hmm. let's just let's just go down this road uh okay so bell mm-hmm. falls in love with the beast eventually this dude who uh is mean and loud and dangerous and uh kind of a dick and is super possessive over her right but she doesn't fall in love with him in the moment that he's doing those things right 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 but 
for instance, the only then uh, now Gaston is pretty much the same dude in the beginning of the in the beginning. I actually of the was going to bring that They've up, bo- and they both kidnapped her father. So let's just they they've both done a lot of things. <laughs> so let me just finish this thought. Now you're right, Bell does uh, fall in love with him as he is changing. Now, but but the truth of the matter, and you could go this pure cynics route, which I again don't subscribe to this, but I've heard people argue this, that Bell is basically just having Stockholm syndrome. Like she literally is trapped by a, a person and can't leave. So she then starts to fall for her captor. Now, I don't really subscribe to that, but you could see that from sort of the darker angle. And also the only reason Maybe this is even sort of I might just go come full circle and kind of help prove your point. Uh, the only reason that Belle is there in the first place is because she's trapped and she did an altruistic thing to save her father, like mm-hmm. take his place, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Um, but she would have never. The beast would have never had the opportunity to sort of change himself, mm-hmm. and she would have never had the opportunity to sort of be more brave than she'd ever been had they not been thrown into that situation sort of together and if i think if you this is the end of this thought i think if you look at it from a purely like this is what happens this is what happens bell's father gets captured bell trades places bell falls in love with the person who captured her like yeah that sounds cold and sort of like stockholmy and very uh mm-hmm. not quite good but that's but, what we call superficial yeah 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 uh but <clears throat> i think if you are the type of person as I feel like you are. And I'd like to think that I am uh, that can sort of see past that stuff to sort of see the, the, the real meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. I think uh, it gets to more of the, the, the esoteric, the sort of yin and yang sort of stuff that you were sort of bringing up about right. the entire relationship. Both, both have sort of not only existing together in harmony, but actually affecting one another yes. to make one, like to make more complete people. Yes. It is a statement about, complimenting each other right she evangelizes him and he evangelizes her yeah i i you know i will have to watch this again thinking about that because (laughs) i I don't think this this particular film if we're just talking about this movie version of it Mm -hmm. i don't think it does all of those things in such a nice complete overt way i think you really have to dig down and like and I'm not saying you shouldn't do well, this. I've only I'm saying, had my entire life to think about this movie. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> my entire life. You it's know, literally I the can't first even movie. tell you how yeah. many times I've seen this movie. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, I mean, if this is just what it, this is a story. Of course, it's going to speak to me in a different way that it's going to speak to you. Sure. Of course it is. Um, but that's like the beauty and like, you know, and like, the beast, that's the beauty and the beast of, of these <laughs> conversations is that it opens up. It does open up these conversations. That's the whole, right. that's the whole point, you know, like whoever, whoever tells the best story, like changes the future. And so like whenever you have a story like this, that's such like such a like powerful um, uh, statement for like, you know, young women. Um, and, and it's like, uh, like strength and, and sort of fortitude and, and bound. She's got like such good boundaries too. I was noticing the entire movie, um, you know, like that affects people that like, what boundaries are you talking about? Like what specifically? Um, she's just like very quick to like, kind of like shut him down and be like, no, that's actually not, 
that I'm I'm not going to dinner with you. Right. Like, See, you know? I, I liked that, <laughs> but also something that always bugged me about this mm-hmm. story in general is the beast is a lot of and I don't want to see him do bad things, but he's a lot of bluster and like mm-hmm. he's a lot of um everyone talks about how e- like evil and mean he is or blah blah blah. But then I never see him, he just seems frustrated, which I guess actually could be more of an interesting thing too. I, it's funny. The more I'm talking back and like, oh, just trying to be like a contrarian to your thoughts, like I, I seem to be going right back to what you're thinking. Come over. I'll take you. <sighs> We're on this walk together. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, well, let me ask you this. So um, changing gears slightly. Uh, as far as this film is concerned, how did you feel about that? They added a bunch, like we said in the beginning. How did you feel about the overall pacing? Um, I, I mean, I, I didn't ever at any point think that it felt slow, but now that I think about it, I'm like, well, I guess I really did have like quite, like I had good pockets of time during the movie that I, I um, evidently like zoned out and like had time to like develop these ideas sure. or, or your entire <laughs> life as you just, uh, <laughs> or my entire life. Like, but it was just, I, there was, there was room to breathe in the movie that I was able to reflect on things as they were happening. And it didn't just so quickly move on to the next thing that I was like, wait, what? And maybe that's, maybe that's sort of, I mean, we might be figuring this out right now together. Like maybe that's why you're able to at least mm-hmm. think, or maybe that gives everybody sort of the more moment. Cause you don't, I do remember the, the animated ones kind of breakneck. Like it just, things happen. And then another thing happens. Another mm-hmm. thing happens just cause it's animated. And they're mm-hmm. literally trying to it was like light, dark, light, dark, save light, as dark. much yeah. money as they possibly can while they're making this. Uh-huh. Cause that's it. That was a, they're expensive movies to hand draw. Oh yeah. This the animated one was like the first one to use computer. computer. Yeah. Graphics yeah. yeah for the, for the ballroom scene. Uh-huh. Uh, but with the pacing thing, not that I felt like it was too long. Cause again, I didn't think it was, I found myself I was surprised at my at the different interest I held during various scenes mm-hmm. uh, at the beginning uh, I was like okay like whatever didn't really care uh, <laughs> no but no but you know what I mean like I'd seen it like it, the, I know this the, song the, yeah exactly <laughs> right uh, and then uh, I was really sort of interested when uh, I feel like they did Maurice her father I feel like they treated him like a, a better character in this than the animated one like he just seemed like a bumbly like buffoon in the animated one and this one he seems just like a guy that's getting old lost his way only cares uh-huh. about his daughter and yeah you cared about him he yeah. wasn't just like uh like part like something to make move the plot along he wasn't the quote damsel in distress yeah. <laughs> uh in this version of it he just felt like an actual and kevin klein is uh one of my favorite actors so i was i was glad to see him in there as well um oh i didn't even like catch that yeah that yeah was he was Maurice. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, but then what I really liked uh, was the scenes of their actual sort of courtship. So after uh, she got away and then the wolves attacked her and he saved her and then she saved him and blah, 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 uh, which he only got bit once. He got bit by one wolf and mm-hmm. I was like, all right, you're supposed to be this big, bad beast and you got taken down on a shoulder bite and now you're all like, all right, whatever. Yeah. They could have made that a little bit more. Uh, but again, I understand it's for children. Um, the wolves, as a, I'm like a wolf lover, yeah. as you know. Oh, yes, so I know. I have like issues also with people like always villainizing wolves. <laughs> hey, it's their nature and they're just going <laughs> to they're going to go after wolves going to wolf. Yeah, yeah. wolf going to wolf all damn day uh so 
but I really liked the courtship after that. Like, yeah. I was so in on when they were being, like, basically flirty and nice to each other, which yeah. I didn't think that would be the moment, like, that 20 or 30 minutes would be the moment that I, like, really latched on to. Uh-huh. Uh, the snowball scene was Everyone hilarious. Laughed. Yeah. Uh, so that was great. And, like, the soup scene. Like, everything just worked. And then, you know, up to the, obviously, the dance. And then it's really, it's a beautiful scene mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then the ending with like the battle with the, the townspeople and like all that stuff. Like I was like, oh, this is all right. Like uh-huh. I didn't really give it whatever. Yeah. And then at the very end when obviously, you know, happily ever after sort of thing, uh, when they reveal all of the actors that mm-hmm. played, all, I mean, I, I purposely didn't, uh, I didn't know who was playing who, like I didn't know who was in this, but was like, it was great to see Ewan McGregor and Ian McKellen. And like, uh, even Stanley Tucci was in there or Audra McDonald, uh, Emma Thompson, like there's a ton of people that yeah. played all of the different, uh, you know, that played, uh, you know, Lumaire and Cogsworth and Miss Potts and uh, Madame Garbarobe, oh, I believe, and uh, Maestro Cadenza, which actually was a throwback to the villain from like the second straight to video. Really? Uh, animated Beauty and the Beast, like a Beauty and the Beast Christmas or something. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. That, that, I forgot that that even existed. Yeah. Uh, and also the... Uh, so like it was just strange the parts that I grabbed onto uh-huh. and that furthered the sort of feeling on my end of like if there's one theme other than good of this version of the story mm-hmm. um it would be that it felt the, the entire movie in all of its parts felt slightly uneven to me that went from the enjoyment sort of factor that I just described normally mm-hmm. I don't have such a stark uh you know Mm-hmm. on off on off sort of switch and especially like a lot of times i'll just gravitate towards the action stuff and this yeah. one i was like yeah like i don't yeah. know but secondly i don't know if you noticed this but being a fan of both uh real wolves and cg wolves i hope mm-hmm. you can relate uh i felt like the th- this movie is full of cgi like full of visual effects and animated effects and mm-hmm. blah 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 to make a movie like that these days, you need to sub out this shit to a, a, a ton of companies, most of them in China or India or or uh, I don't I actually don't know where this was particularly made. So I might be wrong. Write us in only and let me know if you know this information. <laughs> but different houses do different scenes. Mm-hmm. And I felt like the the graphics work in this film was also very uneven some scenes Mm -hmm. i thought the beast looked and it wasn't just lighting like he looked great and really there and present and other scenes he seemed like a cartoon character and it wasn't i was like oh maybe it's when he's literally just interacting with bell and they're having a scene Mm -hmm. i'm like nope because that scene worked and that one didn't i was like maybe it's when it's dark and they're hiding a lot of the flaws of the of the cg nope that's not it either that's the scene where they're doing the snowballs and the light outside was beautiful yeah so like they put their money in certain scenes in certain scenes the ballroom obviously like that you know yeah. you could see where the money was uh was, was being spent and that from a just and maybe that's just because i you know we work in television and blah blah, blah but like you that kind of, kind of pulled me out yeah uh more than a, most big cg movies do yes. actually the thing that pulled me out and my biggest gripe about this the most was was um cg related yeah so my biggest issue with um like like not with like not connecting mm-hmm. was I felt like the faces of the like Lumiere and Cogsworth and uh-huh. like all of like the little people that were enchanted into, into, into objects. objects. Yeah. Um, their faces didn't look enough like faces. 
you know? Lumiere's, Lumiere's was the only one that really sort of yeah, did. Yeah, and it really, like, it really, I had a lot of trouble, like, paying attention to, like, what they were saying. And I cared because I, I cared what was happening in the story, but I was, like, really, it was really jarring. You know, like, they make cars purposely look like to yeah. look like faces yep. so that people want to buy them? Yep. It's like by that same theory, like, yeah, make it. I know that they they made it look really real. Like he looked like a candle and Cogsworth looked like a clock. Um, but I needed a little bit more like expression yeah. and and eyebrows and like sort of like I needed them to look more like people to like care. Sure. And well, actually, speaking of caring, this is something I think this version of the film did. Not, not, I agree with your animation stuff. You just 100%. got to look closer. I did. Uh, I really liked the fact that in this version of the story, uh, there's stakes for people other than Beast and Belle. Yes. Like you were talking about, obviously, the townspeople. We were talking about that before. But now mm-hmm. they they implicitly say in this version that if the last rose petal falls before the beast finds true love or someone can love him for whatever uh, and the curse is lifted, they, not only will he be stuck as a beast forever, which if you look at the original story, doesn't really matter because someone could still love him as a beast. And then the whole metaphor, like it doesn't even matter if he becomes human or not. But this now diversion of this it also means that the people that are transformed into the um furniture and silverware of the of this of this mm-hmm. castle they are like are, are slowly becoming less and less sentient there's just going to be, literally become inanimate objects they're all losing their humanity yeah. and he is too he is too but like we don't really know in, in this version and in the old one we don't know what him staying a beast forever does he does he become more beastly would would bell then be in danger if she was just trapped in a, in, a, in the castle I does he become mindless like that, yeah i think the humanity light just completely sure, like a, but like goes out this really made i enjoyed it because like before all of their his servants were just trying to help him to help him and then this one they're all like well we're all in this shit box thing yeah. together <laughs> like and and this is important mm-hmm. so like uh i just really liked that there were stakes for everybody townspeople the the you know the, obviously the, the what's supposed to be the comic relief sort of a bit in the mm-hmm. you know the animated objects and things um so i i really i really did dig that yeah um oh and then something we should talk about too Let's talk a little LeFou. Let's talk a little Disney's first canonically gay character, Mm -hmm. which is huge. And I always, whenever stuff like this happens, Uh uh, I always like, because no no one's, there's no LeFou fandom really, like a huge one out there. Like it's a minor (laughs) character that Josh Gad elevated to greatness as he seems to do in all things. It made that character a lot more likable. Yeah. Honestly. Uh, So... The the thing about this is, and again, it was a it was a change that made sense, uh, you know, with the story. Like yeah, this dude's obsessed with them. It actually didn't change anything in the story, no. and it does it. It he that character is still really the same character. They just gave him a moment at the end where yeah. like he was with a dude. Uh, <laughs> but the thing, I always go back and forth on this. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is a wonderful thing that Disney did this. Mm-hmm. Um. Then the again the cynic in me goes, well, it's about fucking time, mouse. Like this, like, congratulations, it's 2017. You just did this. Mm-hmm. Like, you should have been on the bandwagon a little bit earlier. That's, I feel like, and then every time I sort of get to that point, I'm always like, all right, stop, get off your fucking soapbox, me, asshole. Like, it's very, like, there. It, it's important that these changes start 
to be made. Uh-huh. And then Disney's doing some great. I mean, there's you can have problems with Disney as a corporation, 100 uh-huh. percent. But they're doing some great stuff with this whole thing. Like Russia, obviously, they, they weren't going to release the movie and they wanted uh, Disney to cut out the scene at the end where LeFou dances with the guy. Uh, at oh, the I very end. That. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and Disney said for in for for once, I guess it's just like, nope. No. And so Russia was like, OK, well, you know what? We'll make it our, you know, o- over 16. You can only see this movie if you're over 16. And it's stupid. But like mm-hmm. Disney didn't kowtow to a country. Yeah. Malaysia uh, banned it for the scene. They said it's great except for that one scene. Disney's like, nope, we're not changing it. But and then Malaysia's like, well, I, I don't know who decided, but now they have till the 30th. They pushed the release date to see if Malaysia will mm-hmm. do it or not. So I'd be interested to see yeah. if they cave. And then you even have like there's some theaters. There was a theater in Alabama, which uh, obviously Disney's not changing anything for the American audience. They're not changing anything for any audience. But you have people that uh, this is this quote from this theater owner uh which just sort of bugs me. It's like, if we can't take our 11 year old granddaughter and eight year old grandson to see a movie, uh, we have no business watching it. And they're literally talking about a scene where, uh, food dances with the dude at the end. Mm-hmm. And that just, and so like when I hear sort of shit like that in these countries that are sort of being like that, I'm just like, Disney, you got a lot of problems, but this is something that you've done so right. Just being like, no, fuck you this is our movie this is how people are yeah i, I don't know i just you know, I, again like movie movies change the future like good yeah take a stand like yeah keep it in there and it eventually like years down the road like hopefully it, it won't be an issue later yeah because you took a stand now yeah and they did it in the right way where it's not it's not soapboxy it's correct for the character they probably looked at it they're like you know what he was probably gay the whole damn time yeah exactly <laughs> like so i don't know i really uh, I want to give if if our currency is stars, Jess. I want to give Disney five stars give me for some that. Stars. Um, star emojis. But yeah, star emojis. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've been talking about this for about an hour. Is there anything you want to get into? I mean, I, this is not by any means to cut it off. Shahir's not here. We can do what we want. <laughs> um, but if you have some stuff you want to talk about before final thoughts, I am a hundred percent open to it. So I have one last thing. All right. So connecting back to what I was saying before about um the zombie people in the village and beast's little like thing being like his his enchanting spell being a cautionary tale sure and relating back to what you said of it gaston and beast are essentially like the same dude right so beast is what would happen to gaston if be if if it wasn't interrupted if beast like wasn't interrupted by the enchanters coming and spanking him so to speak right yes like sometimes he got spanked yeah he got spanked but like look at the growth that came out of it (laughs) and so right but i mean but by that by that (laughs) argument enchantress is literally not is punishing everyone for this one dude's garbage yes but however okay okay so this is actually what i want to say is it because we allowed the the townspeople allowed the prince to become that way and we're all responsible for each other in a weird societal wheel here's the thing is he so when you okay i want to relate this to like jail for a second oh (laughs) you didn't see that nope did you nope okay so sometimes And I say that it's a cautionary tale because 
I highly doubt that Beast Prince um, was the only one in the the village at that time acting that way. He was made an example. Okay, I can see that. Um, sometimes we look at, at things like that as like as as the problem. But instead of actually being the problem, it's like the solution to the problem. And so, so like if you relate this to like jail, like you go to a prison and you think, and okay, so now I'm relating. Imagine like the castle and like it's icy, dark, um, melancholy forest vibe, snow being like the same as like a prison. So you go to the prison and you think that that's where the problem people are, but you don't actually find out that a problem you find out the solution to the problem there's something that the the what is housed there is telling you about society it, it, to how to fix it and so what you learn from the beast is how, is how is what not to do sure does that make sense it makes sense am i doing too much uh this might be where i think you've <laughs> stepped over the line for me <laughs> Only because, I mean, look, if we want to start talking about jail, uh, yes, I think what you're describing is a very, um, what, what a jail from Mm -hmm. a, um, moral standpoint should do, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of other things in human psychology that happens when put in jail Uh and I mean, the jail analogy works and then again, it doesn't because I mean, Let's let's change. And this is just because I'm being I'm being uh, this is semantical. But uh-huh. for me to get on board, at least okay. halfway with what you're saying, okay. let's change it from in jail to uh-huh. imprisoned. Okay. And by that, I mean, you can be imprisoned anywhere. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a jail or a prison. Like okay. you can be imprisoned in a beautiful castle. You can. I mean, maybe there's uh, a tower somewhere in New York that someone might just be uh, imprisoned due to oh their own situations. Oh that is, just, you know, hey, it could happen to anybody. <laughs> So what I'm saying is what you'd hope comes out of that is what you're describing. Mm -hmm. What you hope comes out of this is sort of growth and realizing that like, oh, you know, the the prison quote isn't the problem Uh Uh, and the people in there aren't the ones that are causing the problem. you know, the, the, it's the symptoms. It's the of, it, of like symptoms a of a disease, and not you're, you're you're curing the symptoms, not actually curing the disease. Yes. Um, I just don't think. In Beauty and the Beast world, I think it works <laughs> out the way you're saying. Uh, in in the really real world, where 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 I live, that's not true. Uh, I think it's a little more complex than that. And I do think we'd need. Of course, but it's just a story. Right. Right. But in their world, yes, in the parameters of their world. Right. Like that is where Gaston is headed. Is I mean, he like eventually like. I mean, he it's been a while. This is is a long ass story forever. Yeah. He he falls off of a thing uh, after being a super dick. So there were only three times in the movie when people applauded. Is that one of them? When and he that died, was one of them. that's great. <laughs> uh, you know, look if you, if you applaud when the villain dies, then the villain did a good job. Yeah, I think I don't yeah. know. Um. All right. But yeah. Okay. Well, listen. Let's. Uh. I'm gonna do my final thoughts. I'm gonna let you finish it off because you're the guest co-host and you're doing a wonderful job. Thanks. You. This has been very fun. Shahir, 
uh, if you're listening, pal, you better come back. If Jess keeps coming in, uh, I don't know, buddy. Oh, I'm on a spot now. Yeah, yeah. Keep it up. Uh, okay, so overall, final thoughts. Um, I, I do feel like, like I said before, it feels like the right length, and that's saying something, I think, for a film that adds basically 45 minutes to its runtime yeah. and an updated version. Um, societally, I feel like a lot of things, and you've actually turned my uh, eyes around a lot in this, Jess, but like okay, society- I did this, my job. Yeah, this is, a, it's it's societally responsible in some ways, and- um, and 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 still not in others though I think you know you've you've turned me over with the kind of the yin and, and yang uh, analogies, uh, the script falls victim still to what I consider the lost problem, mm-hmm. which is characters are in sort of peril or sort of not really. Uh, getting themselves more endangered based on just not telling each other what the fuck is going on. (laughs) Uh, But again, that's a lot of stories. And for me to pick that thing out as a problem, if if I'm reaching that far to look for uh, an issue with this movie, you can tell that it's actually pretty good. Uh, And then uh, what else? Oh, uh, I really liked, for instance, there were a couple small changes. I really enjoyed uh, making the beast literate, making Maurice not as much of a dummy mm-hmm. like in the because in the in the uh, in the cartoon, uh, he had the same sort of thing, like uh, both him and Gaston couldn't read books that didn't have pictures in them. Yeah. Uh, and this one, he even it's a, actually, I think, kind of a callback to um, to the actor who plays Beast being in Downton Abbey. He said, I had an expensive education. Yeah. And his character sort of, I guess, in that uh-huh. one did too. Uh, and then I do, I think this is the best of Disney's sort of live action remakes. It sets the bar fairly high. Yes. I think uh, I'm terrified for a live action Lion King and they're doing it. And I don't, I don't even, I don't know. Uh, yeah. uh, let's, let's make Aladdin first. Uh, and I do, Seriously. I think, I think it's a, um, it's, a solid if you consider it a solid date movie because it kind of has something for everybody in it like i don't i don't picture like uh even a, a boyfriend's like oh no to fucking see beauty like i do think there's enough for those people too there's so many yeah uh, there's so many things you could latch on to here and again uh emma watson just killing it i know we didn't talk about her mm, a lot but she was phenomenal and she's the only person i talked about this with so many people she's yeah. the only person that could be Belle. yeah Anyone else that would have been like, Ugh. and she's literally the right, like she's obviously stunning, but like she has that, you know, fire, yeah. three, fi- three flame emojis, yeah. three flame emojis, <laughs> dancing girl, dancing girl. Um, and yeah, I just think, and especially the little things they added to at the, at the bits, mm-hmm. uh, like the, do you think you can grow a beard? Which was actually uh, at the end of the thing when they, uh, when he turns human and she asks him that. Oh, and he, I would love when yeah. he growls. And he growls like <laughs> it was just a cute moment. Apparently, that was actually something that was in the original that got cut out, or they had recorded thinking about doing. Oh. But I think I don't. And then I don't know if she, if Emma actually ad libbed that here because she knew about. I don't know. I don't know. But it was just that. it was, cute. It was really uh, cute. So yeah, I would say it's worth your time and money, Jess. Worth your time and money. Um, I think I yeah I'm. So many, so many things. You hated it. I know you hated it. <laughs> um, I actually think that this is just like a really healthy picture of like what a relationship should look like. Which is so strange. <laughs> because a lot of people, yeah, are, are like, just like on the very surface level are like, oh, it's like Stockholm Syndrome. Like she falls in love with her captor. I don't think so. I think that they both go on their separate journeys and somehow like intersect in the middle I think that they change each other. They actually, okay. So what they added in this movie that was not in the animated version is they actually touch and show scenes. So they heal each other's childhood wounds. Okay. You revisit him as a kid when yeah, he was right. wounded. You that's revisit right. her childhood. She finds out what happened to her mom. Both things not in 
the yeah. um, yep. the, the animated um, and, you know, classically like the only relationship that can do that. The only relationship that looks like the re- relationship you have with your parents is the relationship you have with like your significant other. Sure. It's the only That's one terrifying. That can actually heal those wounds. Um, they do that. They comp it's complimenting. It's beauty and the beast. Like she's, she, she gives him boundaries and he is able to get creative and do things within there and grow. She, he gives her boundaries. She does the same thing. Um, I, he, and not just boundaries as in you can't leave the castle. <laughs> not to, yeah. Don't go in the West Wing. I'm just like pretending like that that's not a thing. But like that aside, <laughs> that aside, because they both they both hit like a growth spurt at the same exact point And it's just like it's so good. The moment she's done, the moment she's like cooked is whenever they're in the library. Yeah. And he makes her laugh. And she's like, are you making jokes now? And I was like, she's done. Yeah. That's it. She's oh, in yeah. love. You can, if you can make a girl laugh. Uh, gentlemen, I think you know this. You are in. Yes. A hundred percent. And it's also, we talked about this a little bit in Harry Potter about like duality and, and it's just also speaking you mean to fantastic like beasts? A fantastic yeah. beast. Yeah. Sorry. Cool. Uh, you know, it's just like how, how important it is just like as a human being, like not even a human being in a relationship, but just as a human being to be like layered. And like, she, she's a lot of different things and he ends up being a lot of different things too. He's kind, he's funny, he's, you know, brave and, 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 um, you know, they, they both are like these two like rare birds that find each other. And I just think it's a, I think it's a beautiful love story. These two rare flame emojis uh all right well guys thank you so much for listening this has been the only podcast about the live action film beauty and the beast oh my god jessica thank you so much for filling for the new zealanders shoes of course they're I, very big shoes they were big shoes and you i'm looking at you and i know you were kind of waddling around because they are so big but mm-hmm. uh you filled them masterfully yeah and Shahir if you're listening to this to the very end we missed you uh, uh, Sh- uh, Shahir if you're listening to this to the very end Jess missed you <laughs> uh, Jess uh, when you're not saving Shahir's ass uh, reviewing films with me where could people find you I am on Instagram at Jess Tucker 3 and on Twitter at Mother Tucker M-O-T-H-A-T-U-C-K-A nice uh, you can find me at MatthewKroll.com for all my life and works you can also find me on Instagram Skeletor at the number 4 P-R-E-Z uh, Emperor MSK on Twitter you can also find Shahir Dowd at Shahir Dowd uh, on Twitter and he I'm sure he has a website ShahirDowd.com I've heard him plug dub, that dub, once dub. or twice dub 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 as always please uh, review us on iTunes we really appreciate it stars are the currency du jour uh, and uh, yeah email us in onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com uh, let us know what you thought of Beauty and the Beast. Uh, did Jess go too far with her analogies? Am I a cold-hearted bastard? We don't know the answers to these until you tell us. I have no idea. Uh, so please write us in, say hi on Facebook, Twitter, etc. cetera. Uh, and yeah, yeah, uh, I guess, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we will see you next week. Um, oh my God. It, it, uh, I don't even want to say what it's going to be next week because I'm going to try to convince you here to see a film you might be able to guess based on release schedules. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see if uh, we'll see if I can pull it off. Yeah. Anyway, Jess, thank you so much. Yeah. Everybody out there, thank you for listening. We will uh, we'll talk to you next week. I literally just waved in my living room. That's how <laughs> out of sorts I am. I wish I could growl like beast. Is that right? Yeah. <sighs> Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs>